Romans chapter 12, if you look at verses 6 through 8, I'll read for you as you follow along. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, the Word of God says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or, on, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And then turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll read verses 1 through 11, and you follow along as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know how that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And let's pray. Lord, help us tonight understand these important truths uh, regarding the uh, spiritual gifts talked about in Scripture, and we don't have enough time to, to do a deep dive as I'd like to do in this message tonight, but I pray you'd give us uh, an understanding, remind those who are familiar with these things of, of our gifts and how we should use them, and Lord, for those that this might be a new concept, help us to identify our spiritual gifts and use them for thy glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. We read two portions of Scripture, both speaking about this concept of spiritual gifts. It's easy to remember where they are. They're in the same number chapter, Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 1, speaks specifically now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I would not have you ignorant. Some people are ignorant of even what these things called spiritual gifts are. Others are familiar with spiritual gifts, but they don't understand them, so they make them idols. They literally make idols out of the gifts that God gave us to serve Him with. For example... Uh, when I was growing up, part of my family came from a Pentecostal background. 
And a Pentecostal Bible, if you have a committed Pentecostal person, oftentimes if you just flop their Bible open, it will flop open to Acts chapter 2 or 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because those are the passages that talk about speaking in tongues. And they have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to speak in tongues. And literally, that is the goal. The goal is to be spiritual enough to speak in these unknown tongues. And it it becomes an idol. Uh, Your spirituality is determined by whether or not you speak in tongues. And in some Pentecostal slash charismatic type churches, the proof that you're even saved is whether or not you speak in tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues, you're... You're not even saved. So people try to work this up. They make it a goal. Uh, they'll even fake it. Uh, I have been in Pentecostal services where uh, some crazy goings-on are happening, and, and the, the emphasis the emphases were, were all too wrong based on searching for some supposed spiritual gift that was actually a fundamental misunderstanding of what the spiritual gift was in the first place. And so this is a big problem in the church of Corinth. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul deals with this idea of the unknown tongue. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he tells him, listen, stop chasing after those things and try to chase after love. Uh, Love is charity, is the ultimate. And that should be what we're chasing after, not some spiritual gift. So a misunderstanding of spiritual gifts is more than problematic. It can be devastating. But also an ignorance of spiritual gifts is devastating. Someone that may not know what a spiritual gift is, or they know they exist, but they don't know what theirs is. Every Christian should have a basic understanding of what the spiritual gifts are and what yours are. And then the sweet spot is learning to minister through the local church in the areas of your giftings. And that's where you really, really enjoy ministry and God seems to really use you. And even... Uh, in your occupation, uh, learning where your spiritual gifts are and and using those things in your daily work. Uh, That's a fabulous use of that too. So I want to just give you kind of an overview of these things tonight. So when we're talking about spiritual gifts, I want to make a distinction between spiritual gifts and natural abilities. So everyone is born with natural abilities. So when you're born physically... You have competencies that are built into your DNA. When God chose who you were going to be, what you were going to look like, the the, uh, essentials of the elements of your body, the the structure of it, how it would look, what it would be capable of, your mind, your personality. We learn in Psalm chapter 139, verse 16, that God planned all that out ahead of time. I'll read you a verse. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect or unfinished. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. So this speaks about uh, David being inspired of the Holy Ghost, understood that God has a book or a record of what everybody's supposed to look like, be what their personality is going to be like. And then when we are conceived in the womb, in the womb God simply builds us according to his decisions in eternity past and uh, according to the blueprint if you will and so each one of us are born with natural abilities just like some have brown hair black hair uh, uh, blonde hair no hair uh, 
you're born with certain characteristics and traits, I would say that you're also born again with certain characteristics and traits and abilities, and those would be spiritual gifts. But focusing back on the natural gifts, uh, think about the three just common illustrations of natural abilities. For example, athleticism. Some people just have a naturally athletic body. They can run, they can jump. Science tells us now that there's a lot that goes into that. Density of the bones, strength of the, the uh, ligaments and tendons, the uh, uh, concentrations of slow twitch versus fast twitch muscle fibers in your muscles. There's a lot that goes into making someone good at being athletic with their body. And that's not something that you can change uh, by trying. Now, you can practice and become better at sports and, and other activities, but you can't change the composition of your body uh, by trying. Some people are natural-born athletes. Would you agree with that? And then other people aren't. I think about singing. Some people are born with the ability to sing well, and other people can't carry a tune in a bucket uh, at, no matter how hard they try. Singing can be a natural ability. Think about intellect. Everybody has some uh, intellect, but some people are born with a great capacity for memory and comprehension. Again, it doesn't mean that people are better than others. Some people are better with their hands. Some people are, are, are stronger in their mind. Some people are stronger in body. Uh, some people, uh, oh, without going too deeply into that, you see what I'm saying. There are natural abilities that you are born with. Now, in each of these areas, through work and diligence, you can be better. You can become better at sports. You can be a better singer. You can be better in school and, and memory and learning and comprehension. But some people get a head start because of how they're born with natural abilities. Would you agree with that? That's a self-evident truth. When you are born again... You're also born again with spiritual attributes that are built into your spiritual DNA. You are built with perhaps a spiritual athleticism in an area that someone else doesn't have. You're, you're born again with a spiritual intellect, if you will, or capacity for, for knowledge and comprehension that other people don't have. And this is where we get into the realm of spiritual gifts. I don't think we talk about this truth enough, and that's how unique you are. Everybody in this room, you are a unique creation of God. There is no one on the planet, and when I say no one, I mean no one. There is no one on the planet that has your mix of talent, potential, and personality. You are uniquely gifted to accomplish what God has made you to do. Amen. And it's important you understand that. You know, when I was in construction, uh, if you have a hammer and your a tool's far away, like let's say I'm up on a ladder and I have my screw gun, but I forgot my hammer down, I don't feel like climbing down 12 feet to get it, it's not out of the realm of possibility to take my DeWalt cordless drill and try to bang in a hammer so I don't have to walk back down the ladder. You say, is that smart? No. It's not. I don't recommend it. 
But you know, looking down the ladder, like it's just a little nail. It just needs to go in a little bit. Next thing you know, you got a $300 tool going, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't work very well. Same things. What if you come across a screw and your screw gun's way over there or it's back in the truck and it just needs to go in a little bit and you got your hammer on your belt. Hammers aren't made to put in screws and screw guns aren't made to nail in nails. And sometimes people, because they don't understand the reason they were made, they don't understand the unique features that make them particularly suited to drive screws, they might spend their life banging nails and being frustrated. Or they might spend their life trying to screw screws when really God made them to be a hammer. And it's vital that we understand how God made us and our natural abilities. I grew up in Indiana. Every young man in Indiana wanted to play basketball. The Hoosier State. And so we all had dreams of playing basketball. And, and uh, all of us wanted to play Division I basketball and go to Indiana or Purdue or Ohio State or Michigan or some Big Ten school. And, um, uh, and, and maybe I'm going to play in the NBA someday. It's like, well, son, you're a five foot ten overweight ninth grader that has like a six-inch vertical, you're probably not going to play in the NBA. Oh, how terrible. No. It's good to learn early <laughs> that a 5'10 person with no vertical is probably not going to play in the NBA. So then they can pursue something that's meaningful and matters. And I'm encouraging you to find out what your spiritual gifts are because here's the, the, the truth for tonight. The spiritual gifts are your superpower. There's a lot of talk about superheroes today and I want to be Superman or Iron Man or all this crazy stuff. No, you are a superhero. You have been built, literally born again with supernatural abilities and nobody on the planet has your mix of talent, potential, and personality to do what no what literally what no one else can do. And tapping into your spiritual gifts in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that's your superpower. And we all need to be looking at that and finding what that is and then spend the rest of our lives operating within our spiritual gifts. And so we've talked about the difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts. So let me give you three thoughts tonight on this idea of spiritual gifts. I'll define them for you, and then you can be thinking and praying about them. We can actually have there are spiritual gift tests you can take that kind of help you identify uh, what your spiritual gifts are. But sometimes, especially if you've been alive for a while, you might know offhand, oh, you know what, I'm really good at that, or I'm, I'm, I'm specially equipped for this. And then it'll help us to, to figure that out. Let me say number one. Spiritual gifts are supernatural abilities powered by God. So spiritual gifts are your superpower. What's a spiritual gift? It's a supernatural ability that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. God gave you a special ability that whenever you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it literally becomes your superpower. You do it better than other people. Why aren't we doing more of that and excelling in ministry and in, in our careers? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 6. And there are diversities of operations, 
but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So spiritual gifts have different functions. There, there are specific spiritual gifts, but they're applied in different ways. If you look back up at verse 4, now are there, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So all the spiritual gifts are empowered by the same spirit of God. So regardless of what your spiritual gift is, if you would just be filled with the spirit and learn to operate in the realm of your gifts, then it's going to work out for the best. And then verse 5, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. These spiritual gifts are acted out in different ways, but it's the same Lord. And then verse 6, there are diversities in operations. Not everybody with the same gift will operate in the same way, but it's still the same Lord. And these are uh, powered by God, which worketh all in all. So it's God that empowers all spiritual gifts in all Christians. That's the all in all you see there. So spiritual gifts are your supernatural abilities empowered by God. Number two, every believer receives spiritual gifts at salvation. Think about that. Let that sink in. Every believer receives spiritual gifts at salvation. This is the bigness of that statement. There are things that you're capable of after you're saved that you weren't capable of before you were saved. You have abilities after you're saved that you couldn't do before you were saved. That's a pretty big deal. So when we got born again, we not only got heaven, we became a child of God, all the wonderful things that happened when we were saved, but God built into us these supernatural gifts or abilities. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So notice the manifestation of the Spirit, that is a good definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is just the way that Holy Spirit power manifests in your life. How, how is this acted out? What, what supernatural abilities do you have from the Holy Ghost? So these manifestations of the Spirit are given to every man, and they're given at salvation. Look down at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. But all these, speaking of spiritual gifts... But all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit. So again, it's the same Spirit that empowers all the spiritual gift. And notice, it's the Holy Spirit dividing to every man severally as He will. So God in the form of the Holy Spirit decides what spiritual gifts you get when you're born again. Everybody has at least one. I believe everybody has more than one. Some people have a few. Some people have a lot. But everybody has some. I think about the a parable of the, the talents in Matthew chapter 25. The, Jesus told the parable of a man going away on a long journey. And before he went, he divided his goods. And to one person he gave one talent. And to, to one person he gave three. And to another he gave five according to their several ability. So he said, you can handle one, you can handle three, you can handle five. But what we know from that scripture is everybody got at least one. We also know that God expected them to use their gifts or their talents, if you will, 
what happened to the man that went and buried his talent? The Lord came back and said, thou wicked and slothful servant. I wonder if there's going to be Christians get to heaven and say, you know what? I gave you this ability. And look what you did with it. I think there's a lot of Christians who take their God-given abilities and prostitute them to the world, never using them for God. You know, I think about Elvis Presley. Uh, he, he had a pretty rough life towards the end and, and died. He was the king. People today still call him the king. Do you know what Elvis Presley learned to sing? In church. Brother Howells told the story one time. He was in Tennessee and he got into an elevator and Elvis Presley was in the elevator alone towards the, the first half of his, of his career. or This was the last half of his career towards the end. Uh, Brother Howells got into the elevator and it's just him and Elvis Presley. He looks over and it's the king, you know. And he began to witness to Elvis Presley and he said, Elvis Presley's tears welled up. And he said, preacher, you know where I learned to sing? Learned to sing in church. And at that time, Elvis had been through drugs and all kinds of different things and just a tough life and fame and fortune got to him and corrupted him as it does to so many. And he didn't use his gifts Elvis said that God gave me this gift and I didn't use it for the Lord. And what you find is a lot of people, they'll prostitute their gift and then they'll try to make up for it by like creating a Christmas CD or a, a, a CD full of hymns. I wonder if a voice like that could have shaken a world Amen. for Christ. But how many people today, they're using their talents. They're Christians. You know how many Christians there are in, in Hollywood or entertainment or or education, or, or politics, or different things that they, they're using the spiritual gifts God gave them, but not for the glory of God. Now here's the important thing to note. I don't think there's anything wrong with using your spiritual gifts to profit your family as long as you're using them first to serve God. But if you use your spiritual gifts to profit yourself and your family without first giving them to the Lord, that's a problem. The Bible says right here, in, back in verse number 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. For what purpose? To profit with all. God says, I gave you these gifts to use them. Now first use them through the local church, which is the context of the Scripture. But listen, if you can find a job and get paid to do something you love and you're good at, that's the sweet spot. How many people go to work every day and hate it? And oftentimes, if you hate your job, sometimes it's a technical issue like who you're working for or who you're working with or, or those types of things. But you know what we find a lot of times is people who hate their job, they don't have a, they don't have a career in the realm of their spiritual gifts. If you can find a way to use your spiritual gifts for the glory of God and to take care of your family, then you become like a superstar in your career. And so every believer receives spiritual gifts at salvation. Now there are two lists of spiritual gifts in Scripture. We read both of them. One is Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. 
One is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. I want to just give you a quick definition of uh, these gifts of the Spirit, just so you can kind of see how they apply. It's important to have a, a proper definition. And so I'm just going to give you these not in any particular order. But the first we find is, is the gift of administration or ruling. This is a spiritual gift. Now, everybody can be organized, and some people are more naturally organized than others. Uh, some people are, are natural leaders more than others. But the, the spiritual gift of, of ruling or administration is the supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to strategize and direct the efforts of others with careful oversight, along with the organization of plans to complete a common goal. So this is someone who basically has the ability to plan and to execute the plan. Everybody can do that some. Boy, some people, God gives them a supernatural ability to do so. There are some preachers that are so disorganized, they don't even know which way they're coming and going. And sometimes I fit in that category. There are other preachers that are so organized that it's almost like supernatural. Uh, And learning how to operate in that gift. These people are often dependable. They're task-oriented. They're a self-starter. They delegate well. They're usually, usually disciplined. They like to plan ahead. Uh, and these are typically leaders of ministries. Uh, preachers often have this. Uh, and others, CEOs, business executives, people that run small businesses, that idea, they, they love to organize things and put things together and make things happen according to the plan. The second uh, that we'll mention is exhortation, so the spiritual gift of exhortation. Uh, this is a supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to present truth or offer a rebuke to others in a comforting or encouraging way, helping them to make the right decisions in their faith. So exhortation speaks of of, uh, encouragement and correction. It's an interesting mix of encouragement and correction. So these people are, they're usually good at motivating people. They're supportive. They're trustworthy. They're discerning. They're practical. They're the encouraging people. Someone who's naturally encouraging. Now again, some people are born naturally. They just have kind of a personality that's, that's a little more encouraging or positive than others. And then there are people who are supernaturally empowered to encourage your heart and to support you. And even sometimes the correction is like, thank you for correcting me. You know, thank you for telling me I was wrong. Thank you for telling me how to, how to fix that. And these would often be uh, people like coaches and, and uh, other things. All right. Then we have those who are a supernaturally gifted to communicate the gospel to unbelievers. Now, everybody should be a soul winner. Everybody should witness. Some people are just supernaturally gifted at it. Those people should really, everybody should witness and try to win souls. But the people who are specially gifted at that should make that a real focus of their ministry efforts. We have the uh, spiritual gift of giving. This is a supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to willingly donate money, resources, and time for eternal purposes in other people's lives. Some people are naturally generous, and then some people are supernaturally generous. 
I mean, they, they just give and give and give, and sometimes it's people with a lot of money, and sometimes it's people that don't have much. But they are supernatural givers. These people are typically good stewards. They're responsible. They're generous. Often private people focused. We have the spiritual gift of mercy. This is the supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to administer compassion and care for others who are hurting and suffering. Qualities are empathetic, sensitive, compassionate, responsive, emotional, patient. Oftentimes, like for example, where you see where spiritual gifts and occupation intersect, think of a nurse. Oftentimes, nurses are particularly gifted to help people who are suffering. They're incredibly patient. They can change bedpans with a smile on their face. They want to be there to help people. Most of you, that's probably not your gift. That's like, no, I'm not signing up for that. I'll let you do that. There's a reason doctors are doctors and nurses are nurses. And nurses usually don't have very good bedside manner, do they? Or doctors, excuse me, nurses often have good bedside manner. Doctors usually don't have very good bedside manner. That's not their, their tendency. They're not built that way. So we think of mercy. Think about the spiritual gift of prophecy, or we would say preaching. This is a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the Word of God with authority and clarity in order to edify or correct people. So someone who's supernaturally gifted to preach the Word of God with authority and clarity. These people are usually discerning, serious, bold, expressive, disciplined, decisive, convincing, and so on. What about the spiritual gift of helps or service? This is a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to humbly assist or support people or projects without any need of attention for doing so. These people are helpful, loyal, sincere. They're a good listener. They're empathetic. They don't mind following. They don't mind helping something get done, and they don't care who gets the credit. These are people that can be supernaturally helpful. You know, you think about the Apostle Paul's band in Scripture. Uh, Apostle Paul, Silas, Barnabas, they were the ones that got the name, the name recognition. But, you know, just about everywhere Paul went, there was a group of people with him that were rarely mentioned, and many of them were never mentioned. But the Apostle Paul couldn't do what he did without them. You know, the, every church has people that, that do things behind the scenes without getting any notice, and, and they do it for the Lord and the right spirit. And without that, churches can't go on. And so uh, some people are supernaturally gifted in that way. What about the supernatural gift of ministry? This is a supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to care for, protect, and lead others into a deeper relationship with God. It has the idea of being a shepherd, someone that just kind of leads people along. They're nurturing, guiding. Relationships are important to them. What about the spiritual gift of teaching? The supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to communicate biblical truth in a clear and accurate manner helping others to grow in their faith. Some of you are supernaturally gifted to teach, to explain concepts, to be in front of people, whether it's a small class or a large class. And, and then others of you, the idea of getting up and teaching a class is like, uh, I want to do that. Operate within your gifts. 
These people are often analytical, self-disciplined, good communicator, detail-oriented, methodical. And briefly, I'll talk about some of the lesser understood spiritual gifts. <coughs> what about the spiritual gift of tongues? You know what the word tongues in the Bible means? It means languages. And the unknown tongue the Apostle Paul talks about, but almost every other time the word tongue is mentioned, it's speaking of languages. Now, an unknown tongue is an un- unknowable tongue, which that's what speaking in tongues, what's called today, would be considered that unknown tongue. The church of Corinth had a big problem. You'd walk into a church service, someone pop up over here, la, 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 la. someone pop over here, la, 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 la. and someone would pop up and say, here's what they said. And then someone, oh, here, here's, what, here's what she said, here's what he said. Chaos. Everybody, everybody thinking that, that uh, this unknown tongue, and then they had the idea of a word of knowledge in the, in the Pentecostal church. You might be sitting in church and the preacher's up here preaching, but God just tells you something to say that nobody else knows. And you can be in a service and someone else stand up, oh, the Holy Spirit just told me that the Antichrist is alive today. Okay? <laughs> you know? Chaos. So we've got to understand what these things are. The, the gift of tongues is a supernatural gifting from the Holy Spirit to learn and speak languages. Do you know there are people today that have the supernatural gift of tongues? Do you know if you, if you know five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten languages, that's not normal? Right? Then the Bible talks about the interpretation of tongues. The word interpretation means translation. If you speak a second language, you will know that there's a big difference between speaking and understanding a language and knowing the technicalities of properly translating that language in a reliable way into another one. It's a whole different ballgame. And so we have the, the interpretation of tongues as the translation of tongues, and we see that with the translators, people who translate the Bible into other languages. What about the a supernatural gifting of miracles. Uh, some people God designates to accomplish tasks that defy natural wisdom or laws bringing glory to God. I believe there are still miracles happening today. You know, God's still doing miracles today. And sometimes you'll hear missionaries tell a story, or you'll hear somebody tell a story and it's like, wow, how's that possible? Or God really stepped in. Yeah, sometimes God says, I'm going to give you the, the ability to handle without getting proud, without, uh, without uh, uh, getting filled with yourself to do some unusual things for me. And by the way, you won't find that at some televangelist healing line. That's not what we're talking about. All right, what about the gifts of healing? God, of course, certainly still heals people today, but I think this is speaking about some people have a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to bring healing to the broken. Think about those in addiction ministry. Think about those who who are, are dealing with ministries, helping people get out of deep sin. Their lives are broken. Their families blew up. Can God heal people physically? Absolutely. But if you ever ask yourself the question, why isn't God just going around healing everybody physically today? Because that was never the point. Jesus doing physical healings were simply a a physical representation of who he was and he could take care of your biggest problem, which is your sin. 
And God today is still saving people. That's a far greater miracle than healing a broken leg or making the blind to, to see or the deaf to hear. Now, God can still do those things. But also, if you notice, Jesus got frustrated because some people followed him only because they wanted healing. Some people followed him only because they hoped he would do another miracle, like with the five loaves and two fishes, and they can get fed. Oftentimes what happens is the proof of who God is becomes the very thing people seek after instead of God himself. It's like spiritual gifts can become an idol. What about the discernment of spirits? This is a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to see beyond the visible, to determine attitudes and intentions. What about the gift of faith? This is a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to have confidence in God in unique situations, strengthening the faith of others. Have you ever had someone that they just see, man, they live by faith, they do things, they have faith to believe things, and it's like, I don't even know where that comes from, I don't understand that, I don't know how you can live that way. It's a supernatural gift of faith. The word of wisdom. This is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit to see the world the way God sees it and explain it to others. See, the word word is speaking of putting wisdom into words. I see the world the way God sees it, and now I can explain it to you. Same thing with the word of knowledge. This is a supernatural gifting of the Holy Spirit to know the truth and explain it to others, to know things that other people don't know and explain it to others in an understandable way. Now, all of these gifts we've mentioned, you have at least one of them. And you probably have several of them. Some may have a lot, some may have a few. The question is, do you know what your gifts are? And are you ministering through the local church in the areas of your gifts? If you are supernaturally gifted as a teacher, why aren't you teaching? If you're supernaturally gifted as a preacher, why aren't you preaching? We've got jails and nursing homes and all kinds of things that need preachers. If you're supernaturally gifted in in children's work, or maybe the gift of mercy, you know, oftentimes working with children. Uh, why aren't you in children's ministry or working in the nursery? If you're supernaturally gifted to work with the brokenhearted or broken people, why aren't you helping in that way? And there is, whatever gift you have, there is an opening for you to serve God in your gifts. If, if, you, can, if you can supernaturally explain how the world works and, and get people to understand it or, or how the scripture works. You know, what about uh, taking the gospel to college students who are so caught up in, in all the, the, the knowledge that they don't see the, the, the basic self-evident things they miss every day? What about going to the nursing homes, a gift of, of mercy or the gift of helps and going into nursing homes and dealing with people that have a hard time getting their words out and it takes a lot of patience to work with someone or you got to listen to their stories for 20 minutes and before they let you uh, tell them to the gospel and, or, or maybe help them with different things. Whatever your area of gifting is, there's an opportunity for you to serve God. And then there's an opportunity for you to use your gift in a way to provide for your family. And what that does is it makes your occupation a lot more enjoyable and it allows for upward mobility as because you are supernaturally gifted at your job, your boss will recognize your effectiveness and you can move up through the ranks if God allows. 
there's a lot of benefits to this. And I'll just say, lastly, that supernatural gifts are divine superpowers that help us profit in ministry and life. Amen. The word profit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 means to contribute. And I've just talked about that. We, through our spiritual gifts, we contribute to the local church, accomplishing things for the glory of God. And through our spiritual gifts, we contribute to the common good in the community as we use our spiritual gifts to support our families and help others. And so now the question is, what are my spiritual gifts? And how can I use them in the church? And how can I use them in the community and maybe even my occupation? If, if we will learn this truth, it makes things a lot easier. Have you ever been in the zone? Have you ever been in that place where you're doing something and like time, you lose all sense of time? And you're really enjoying it? For some it might be art, for some it might be writing, for some it might be working with your hands might be creating something, it might be accomplishing some task. One way that you can identify your spiritual gifts is typically wherever you find yourself in the zone, where you are completely fulfilled, you lose all track of time, and when you're done, you go, wow. That's probably an area that you are particularly gifted in. And so why not explore those things? And if you want to know more about that, I'd be happy to, to talk more about it and help you find your spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth that we've learned tonight. Thank you for gifting each one of us with spiritual gifts when we are born again. Lord, you're so good to us. You not only save us, but you give us so many gifts. I pray that you'd help us identify what our gifts are, use them for thy glory and for the betterment of our families. Always putting you first. The gift itself should never be an idol, but it should be used properly. And I pray you'd help our church to be full of people who understand what their gifts are, 